This is the John Oakley Show podcast. We've talked about the small business impact uh, with the head of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, and it need be said as well, the agricultural sector is also reeling. Mary Robinson is the president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture, and she's here to tell us exactly uh, how this has impacted her particular sector. Uh, Mary, good to have you on the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, John. Thank you for recognizing the impact this is having on Canadian farmers. Well, I think it needs to be emphasized for sure. You know, uh, sometimes the urbanites tend to forget that there's a whole swath of this country upon which we're reliant, and uh, that swath is also reliant on the rails moving. So tell me about uh, the situation, the predicament you find yourself in, because I understand from your presser, basically you said things are at a tipping point. Oh, we're definitely at a tipping point. You know, we we did have the unfortunate experience of enduring the the rail strike late last year, and we got eight days into that, which was quite disconcerting. But now here we are, I think we're on day 21, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Uh, And in that, what we're learning is that uh, rail's not moving. Um, We we can't endure much longer. We we understand from Quebec that they have probably seven to ten days left of propane, and we know from an animal welfare perspective, that's incredibly alarming. As we, uh, in Quebec, uh, 85% of all poultry barns are heated by propane, and about 80% of the propane that moves to those barns moves predominantly by rail. So when rail's not moving, propane's not moving, and we know the trucking sector is overstressed and not able to to pick up the slack here by any means. So, they, you know, the kind of the obvious issue is is the fact that animal barns like poultry and, and pork barns do need heat. And we have other uh, commodities that are hurting so much. Our, our Western grain growers, they rely on rail to ship grain to, uh, to port. And then for port, uh, for vessels to be loaded and to fulfill the, the markets that we've worked so hard to get. So without rail moving, we have uh, in excess of 50 vessels sitting um, in port or just outside of port in Vancouver and Prince Rupert. And and these ships, these vessels, uh, they have their meters running. So what that means is the farmers are incurring charges, much like if you called a taxi and you couldn't go out and get in that taxi. When you finally get there... Uh, there's a big bill waiting for you. So the way it translates for primary producers and grains is we know the numbers they've worked out is about $63 million a week back to primary producers as we sit in this holding pattern waiting for the rails to open up. We also know we've got farmers on the East Coast who rely on inputs coming from Western Canada, and they come by rail, whether that's seed potatoes traveling from Alberta to Prince Edward Island, or it's potash coming out of the prairies and going to Sussex, New Brunswick, or it's feedstocks uh, getting to herds in the Atlantic provinces, or it's straw moving from Western Canada to Ontario for mushroom production. So we know our producers rely heavily on a robust and functioning rail system, and we are definitely hurting from this blockade. So what you've just described is like the perfect storm of disruption. And Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, can you quantify it in terms of cost to the industry? I think you mentioned that at yesterday's presser. Yeah, 
Well, what we do know for sure that we can say with confidence is the impact on the grain growers. So, you know, they, they did some number crunching and, and at $9 million a day or $63 million a week, uh, that that's kind of the impact they're seeing. And that all comes right back to farmers. And it's important, like your, your comment about uh, people maybe not understanding agriculture. Farmers don't have the, uh, the opportunity to affect the price that they are paid. So, you know, we, we basically produce commodities, and commodities are sold at prevailing market prices. So as we go through this and we see um, that we're unable to get our product to market, some of the other charges and uh, erosion of our bottom line is going to come from uh, selling uh, into those markets at a later time and most likely at a lower price, uh, facing penalties for not fulfilling uh, orders that we have from our customers. And there's also going to be a, a much longer impact here in the erosion of confidence uh, international markets are going to have when they view Canada as a trading partner. Again, Mary Robinson's with us, president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture and uh, the wallop the agricultural sector has taken because of these blockades now into a third week. And uh, this following the rail strike earlier in December, uh, and you mentioned too, I guess, the Chinese embargo on canola, lower commodity prices. I mean, it's just uh, one indignity after another. And the reports are that uh, it could be months before we're back up to speed. Uh, Canadian farmers, can they hold out? Well, I, I guess we will know that once we've uh, completed the life cycle of this situation we're in at this point. I think it's pure speculation on everyone's part. But what we're focusing on at the Canadian Federation of Agriculture is just imploring government to find a quick and peaceful resolution to the blockade situation so we can get back to business. Interesting you use that term life cycle because uh, the way it works, there's no like uh, make goods or mulligans. You miss your window of opportunity and it's a loss, right? Yeah, and you know, you'd mentioned Chinese market. We we have producers, you know, left with last year's crop in the bins, or I guess almost two years ago, kind of thing. And uh, we we're just seeing a continual backlog of our ability to, uh, after producing these high quality, uh, world renowned products that Canada is known to produce, we need to get them to market. We need to get paid because if you imagine the cash flow crunch that this puts on producers, you don't get paid until you deliver. So we, we haven't been able to deliver for a while now for, for some of our producers, and uh, it, it is very serious. And what we really want to see from our federal government is, you know, <laughs> we don't want to complain. We, uh, we're business people and farmers, and what we do, we take a lot of pride in, and we're the envy of the world, Canada is, as far as how naturally resource-rich we are. So what we want to do is we want government, instead of... Um, not helping us do this, help us through this, and then turn around and recognize that investing in Canadian agriculture is such a win-win-win, whether you're talking about economic development or you're talking about environmental stewardship, ecological goods and services, carbon sequestration, or food security for Canada and beyond. There's just very little downside to investing in agriculture. And we know from the Barden Report a couple of years ago, Canada agriculture is really the one opportunity our government has on one of the best ROIs in our entire portfolio of opportunities. So Mary, uh, would this also then maybe uh, suggest that some kind of uh, government assistance coming your way if in fact, you know, uh, the impact is such that people have to fold their tents and, uh, you know, it's really put them on, uh, you know, 
uh, a tough situation, an untenable situation, would you be in favor of any kind of government assistance? Well, we do know um, that we've been, as you said, we, we've been hit over and over with just, you know, one cat, catastrophe after another. We've had an incredibly difficult harvest season. I'm sure you saw pictures of combines sitting in, in the middle of ponds, and there were actually fields that were underwater. So long term, I think Canadians, everyday Canadians, should be very concerned about uh, how much of a priority our federal government is making agriculture. And I think everyday Canadians should be expressing that to their MP and anyone else who will listen, because agriculture, we employ one in eight people in Canada. That's that's 2.3 million people. And in 2017, we contributed over $140 billion in GDP. These are big numbers, and this is the foundation of so much value creation in our economy that we need to take care of that foundation as a nation. So we need Canadians to step up and, and say good words for Canadian agriculture and really um, incentivize their MPs to become involved and, and care and make sure that we have some kind of assistance to get us through all of this so that we can be that amazing superstar that we know we can be. Well stated. Uh, that last point, too, about Canadians imploring their MPs to uh, get off their duffs and really make this a, a principal consideration. I appreciate you coming on today and explaining things to us, Mary. It's important to note, and uh, as I said, you know, let's get some political action insofar as this is concerned. Agriculture is too important to the national economy and uh, our lifestyles. Thank you so much. Thank you, John. I appreciate your interest. Mary Robinson, President of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. On that point of getting to the MPs, uh, maybe not enough has been done by constituents coast to coast to coast and really rattling their cages, getting their attention, especially in a minority government. They need to know uh, they're really on the clock. They're being watched. And uh, this is no time for slacktivism. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.